1: Side on my dick! Stay! Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! god.
0: No oh. Are you kidding me? Oh. It's a oh, way. Way. I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the rest stop. It's Tuesday, December 22nd, 2020. I'm your host, Brad Restituto. And we come to you live every Tuesday and Thursday night, nine o'clock Pacific time. Uh, you can download the Twitch app, www.twitch.tv slash football. If you don't want to download the app, you can watch us live. And then of course, on my Facebook page on Twitter at Brad, the believer can check us out. Got a good show for you today. Going to recap our Thursday picks NFL as we're coming up toward the end of the season, week 15 complete. We're going to actually have a Christmas Day game this season in the NFL, followed by Saturday and Sunday games. So we'll get into those after uh, briefly and we'll recap our week 15 picks. Not a great week for us as it has been the past month. Some really tough games and and as you notice, uh, some of the biggest dogs of the season came in. So we'll go over some of those. And then great, great starts to the season tonight in the NBA. We we got basketball kicked back off. The defending champion Lakers currently in action against the Clippers. And then the uh, new look Brooklyn Nets with a healthy Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irvin was the first game tonight on the TNT doubleheader. They faced the Golden State Warriors and uh, looked pretty good. So we'll go over some of that. College football playoff is ready to roll. Uh, not too much excitement in the shortened season. It kind of went as expected. And then the, the mainstays, Alabama and Clemson. So we'll briefly get into that as well. Joining me as always, Spencer Ostrowski, also known as Spencer the Wiz. You can follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz and his YouTube channel, Blue Milk Boys Gaming. And then he does his radio show live every Friday here in Las Vegas on 1400 KSHB called Delivering Sports. So I hope everyone's having a good end of 2020 or trying to at least as we're coming up on Christmas time, if you celebrate that. And we'll probably pre-record our show on Christmas Eve, but it'll be playing at the same time. So make sure you listen to that as well. It's uh, been been quite the year, Spencer the Ways, and we're, we're winding down to the end and still got a long ways to go till we get back to a, a little bit of normalcy as the job market has just been crushed here locally and, and everything is just so out of whack. And um, e- even when we get the vaccines, just... There's so much damage, collateral damage that has been done. It's going to be probably quite some time before we get back to some normalcy, but it's been fun uh, getting to talk sports with you every Tuesday and Thursday on this show and and try to at least bring our lives uh, to some sort of entertainment and the things that bring us happiness through all this chaos and and uncertainty. So um, we're winding down the end of 2020, and basketball season started up again. It was a good one tonight, Spence. The first game saw uh, 48 combined points by Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And the Nets looked really good as they blasted the Warriors 126-99. to It's only one game, but uh, Kevin Durant sure looked healthy to me. He had some hop in his step. He made some really nice plays at the basket. I thought he shot the ball really well. And, look, uh, I'm not, we've talked on this show we're not the biggest fans of Kyrie Irving as a locker room guy and, and – You know, his personality leaves a lot to be desired, but the guy has a basketball talent is supreme. Um, He he really propelled Cleveland to their championship season uh, in the finals. And when he's healthy, which isn't very often, if we're going to be honest, but when he is healthy, he can certainly fill up the basket offensively. A nice win for the Nets. and, And I was a little surprised, Spence. I thought Golden State would have a little bit better effort. The way I saw it, they didn't shoot the ball well at all. I think they'll put on a better performance on Christmas Day against Milwaukee, but uh, Brooklyn was definitely the story in that first game tonight.
1: Yeah, I, I have quite a few thoughts about this one. Uh, Kevin Durant, I can talk about first. His shot selection wasn't great, but he is a high-volume scorer, so that's just naturally going to happen. You can say the same thing about James Harden, but the pull-ups looked just as good as it ever has been, especially that three that he had at the top of the key, the rolling to the side, two defenders like right in his face. He He hits that one with just a certain amount of ease that only he can do at this size and length and shooting form. Uh, You know, Kyrie Irving was a very aggressive, but really the Nets have the best constructed roster in the NBA. I mean, coming off the bench is some sort of like pseudo bottom East starting lineup in a sense. Yeah. Jeff Green. I mean, we know how good of a role player he's been. The Grizzlies, you know, Traded a first-round pick for him. They probably should have kept him if they, when they did that. Uh, but anyways, I mean, you go. You can go down the list. I mean, I, I even forgot that Landry Shamit somehow made his way to Brooklyn. He's a guy who is a very reliable three-point shooter. Didn't have the best game, but I think he's looking to define his role. Really, the number one guy who I kind of keyed in tonight and most curious about was Karis LeVert. You know, he wants to be a starting NBA player, and I think he came out way too hot. Uh, I At first, I thought it was going to be Pretty bad. I mean, he ended the point with 20 points. So it sounds weird to kind of, I don't know, criticize, criticize a guy for having a 20 point game. I think a lot of those points were empty. I mean, I think on the first possession, he drives to the lane, does a weird spin move, uh, ends up running into the defender, trying to pass the ball uh, to Jared Allen, uh, who, you know, he picked up the offensive foul on that. So I think he's trying to show a little bit too much to Steve Nash right now. Played a little better. I mean, he had a few like really good three point shots, just the kick out, easy shot, nothing didn't bother him that the defender was closing out on him. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie did not look particularly great either. So I, I think a lot of these guys are used to these high end starting role positions and now they're kind of playing second doodle and they're have to learn to use their shots and in, in points. But I don't know. I'm going to have to wait till they play someone a little more demanding. I'm I'm not a big fan of Golden State this year. You know that. So I don't think that was any test. And plus, it's the first game of the season. So I'm not here to make season end decisions. Those are just some of the things that I saw. I want to see the Nets get challenged defensively. I mean, I think their bench unit defensively is better than their starting lineup. Uh, Kevin Durant went a little too aggressive about the boards. I think he's got to be careful with that. He's coming yeah. off a really bad injury. So to see him do that was a little worrisome. Not, I mean, I just want to see the guy healthy because I love watching him play uh, basketball because he's so good. Sure, so good. And, yep. Yeah, and for the Warriors, I mean, there's a, a lot of whispers about Steph Curry already starting about how he can't do it by himself. But uh, Kelly Oubre plays a little erratic. I know he ended up having a technically good game, but I don't think he fits in the Warriors system at all. Uh, Eric Pascal didn't look nearly as good as he has uh, that he did in his rookie season and obviously that's because Steph Curry missed so much time and he was kind of allowed to do everything he want and now that he's just kind of there I mean there were times they left him wide open on the three-point line and he was not looking to shoot the ball Kevon Looney I'm just not a huge fan of either I mean you can go down their roster it's pretty thin like it was last season which I told you would be a big factor so we'll see I, I want to see them get a big win in the season. So if they play the bad teams, I want to see how they how they blow teams out because right now I don't really see the game plan. Um, so that's kind of my thoughts from the first game of the NBA season.
0: Yeah, I'll get into the Warriors a little bit, but I want to still piggyback off what you said with the Nets. Uh, Kevin Durant coming off a really big injury, missed the entire season. Uh, I, I got to give the Nets credit. I, I don't care what I've said about either of these guys. Uh, like Spencer said, these are, these are extreme top of the line NBA basketball talents. And I don't know if you'll agree with me, Spence, but I think the NBA is as talented now as it's ever been. Uh, there's so much talent from top to bottom in the NBA and people that argue that, uh, I just don't think they watch enough basketball because there's just so many guys that are so good and can do so many things. And Kevin Durant and Kyrie are, are at the top of that list. Durant, to me, looked like he did not really miss a beat. His jump shot was smooth. He was getting to the basket, dunking, rebounding, like you said. He looked very healthy to me. Um, I I would like to see the Nets move the ball more. I think if they can have some good ball movement and be be unselfish, the game will come to these guys. They don't have to force scoring the basketball. They're that good. They're so talented, so deep. They could be really, really dangerous if they could learn to be unselfish, let the game come to them, and just – you know, it's going to be a little hard because Kyrie and KD, they have their own style of game where they kind of go one-on-one. But these guys can move without the basketball. And and the other guys on the Nets team aren't necessarily selfish enough. I did see LaVert, it felt like to me, press a little bit offensively because I don't, I don't know why. It seemed to me like, okay, the guy's not getting as many touches as usual, so he's trying to kind of force the issue a little bit. Statistically, like you said, 20 points, it doesn't look bad. And it's hard to critique a team that just won by 27 points. Um, But I think the Nets definitely have championship aspirations. And if that's the case, they're going to learn from this game. You're not just going to go and and think because you won by 27 tonight that the season's wrapped up. Got a lot of work to do. But the thing is, Spence, is these two guys, they're two superstars, were not a part of the bubble. They did not play in this. So I like the mix of having your superstars that are probably hungry to get back on the court and get some victories – mixed in with guys that had a lot of playing time in that bubble and played well. And you talk top to bottom with that Nets team, they, they played, and they're very deep. Uh, and I, I love the mix of Joe Harris in there. The guy can flat shoot the ball. You saw that in the first half with the Nets. They're so talented. There's no reason that they can't represent the Eastern Conference in the finals uh, and even win this thing. They're gonna to have to stay healthy. I don't. I don't foresee that happening with Kyrie. He's never stayed healthy. I, I don't see what would make him stay healthy this year. But maybe they'll prove me wrong, and we'll see. It's gonna be fun to watch either way if the Nets can stay healthy because it's you got two of the most talented guys in the entire world, and it's gonna be fun to watch on in the Eastern Conference competing against Giannis, who just signed a big extension. The Heat, the Heat, who just represented the East in the finals would like to get back to the Eastern conference finals. So this basketball season is going to be another really fun one to watch. Hopefully Spence without the bubble being in place, some of these guys can act like professionals and and try to limit the exposure and outbreaks of COVID. We know it's going to happen, but we just hope it doesn't uh, take away too much of the season. We're only, uh, you know, two games in, so it's going to be hard to say, uh, but I'm really excited for the season and hopefully that it, it can last uh, the entire year, so we'll, we'll we'll see how that shapes up. From the Warriors' perspective, this game, I was a little disappointed, but look, it's one game. Uh, they desperately miss Draymond Green in the lineup. He he is really, at times, he he's the the glue uh, of that team in the starting lineup. And it's certainly it's devastating not having Clay Thompson. He is so good, so underrated. I, I know it's hard to say someone like Klay Thompson is underrated, but he really is. Uh, And Steph can't do it on his own. He didn't shoot the ball great tonight. They didn't shoot the ball great tonight. That was part of the reason uh, they they lost by so much. I think they'll be better. I think they will find their way into the playoff conversation in the Western Conference. But, uh, you know, we got to expect more from Steve Kerr, from these guys that got playing time last year, the young guys, and Draymond and Steph has got to stay in the lineup. If that doesn't happen, they'll probably be drafting the lottery again. So we're going to have to take that one game at a time. Um, I expect them to bounce back and have a good game on Christmas Day against the Bucks, I thought they would have had a chance tonight, but if you're not shooting the ball well, when you're a shooting team, it's not going to happen. So uh, the Nets uh, wear the medal tonight in game one. Game two, Clippers and Lakers is in progress. Uh, I don't know if I have the updated score correct here, but it looks like the Clippers uh, have a lead here in the fourth quarter. Clippers started off very strong, which it doesn't surprise me. We talked a couple weeks ago, Spence, about the Lakers having a possible hangover and, and how hard – it would be not to have a little bit of a championship hangover in such a shortened off season. It's re- it's gotta be really difficult. And you got to imagine the Clippers weren't too thrilled to watch the Lakers celebrate and get their rings before, before the game. And they started off uh, pretty pissed off and like a ball of fire, got out to a first quarter, big 20 plus point lead. They let the Lakers get back uh, really quickly before halftime and cut it to single digits uh, Paul George has played pretty well tonight. It looks here like in the fourth quarter, though, Spence, uh, that the Clippers – Now, like I said, it, I, don't, I don't know how updated my score is, but it looks like they've got the lead here in the fourth quarter. What do you see on your end?
1: I see 99-90 to 90 with uh, 7.57 left on the clock. Uh, but, yeah, no, there's a ton of validity, what you said. Watching them uh, get their rings and stuff right in front of their faces, not just like our, any rival. I mean, the city's rival. I mean, they are opposite of each other. They play in the same arena as of right now. Uh, so it's got to hurt. So you're going to play a little extra hard. Uh, new additions, definitely looking pretty good for the Clippers. I think Nicholas Batum was really under the radar. I'm not sure why the Hornets just ended up not playing him. I think that guy can have a role basically on any team. What team wouldn't want a 3 and D player? Uh, he started out quite hot. Uh, Lou Williams is always going to be good. Sergi Ibaka, you know, he's shot 50% in the playoffs. He looks like he's carrying a little bit of that uh, going into the regular season. Uh, but I think the Lakers just you know, they weren't ready to play today. And to talk about the ring ceremony for a second, once again, LeBron James just outclasses himself. Uh, Everyone else had just their normal families come on, congratulate them, and they grab their rings. Of course, LeBron has to promote his social justice because if it's not on TV, according to him, it doesn't happen. So it just bothers me to see him kind of just his self-fulfilling prophecy, just like I'm the greatest person ever. I do all this charity uh, when he should really just be doing it with no recognition at all. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they came out really flat footed. They weren't, I don't think they ever wanted to win tonight. I think they just kind of cruised into the season. They got a lot of new guys. Marcus Saul, obviously, is trying to find his way into the offense. I think their offense was really stagnant today. They're looking to get the shot off in the first maybe five seconds, which is just honestly not ideal. It's not really what the Lakers are going to go for. They're really a pounded down inside. And I think they lost a bit of shooting over the offseason. I mean, you look at the starting lineup. Dennis Schroeder was okay. He had a couple of shots, but Cantavius when you add Contavious Caldwell Pope, uh, Dennis Schroeder, LeBron, James Anthony Davis, and Marcus Saul, you're talking about maybe a 32 to 33% overall three point percentage. And that's just not really great when it comes to it. I don't think they should have re signed um, Contavious Caldwell Pope in the offseason at all, especially for the money that they did. So I think their bench is going to have to really pull a lot, like lift a lot of the weight off when it comes to that side or that you know side of the offensive game. But yeah, I mean, we were probably right. I think the Lakers probably shoot for around 500 over the first 10 games, and we'll see how they respond after that.
0: Spence, it's interesting you mentioned the shooting because there's something I thought about, and I was kind of enamored with the offseason moves for a little bit. Love Schroeder, like us all. But when I really thought about it, even when the game, I'm like, do I, when I saw the starting lineup getting rolled out, do I love their shooting ability here? They haven't got much better from shooting the three ball, and that could get them in trouble, Spence. It really can. And, they're not going to be able to cruise to a title like everybody thinks back to back. And it's not easy to do Uh, LeBron's not getting younger, although I'm not doubting him whatsoever, but Anthony Davis, uh, it was tough for him to stay healthy the entire year last year. I don't know that he'll be able to do that. And I think with some of that shooting missing, look, these other teams are are going to be good and competitive and, and going to give the Lakers all they can handle. I'm telling you that for sure. A Portland, a Denver, It's going to be very competitive. I don't think this is going to be a cakewalk for the Lakers to be back in the finals, especially with a motivated Clippers team. Who's playing pretty decent. Paul George seems to statistically uh, be leading the way for the Clippers tonight. This is only one game, but just forecasting a little bit Lakers down the road, I think you're, you're onto something here with the shooting. They definitely, I don't think got better from as far as a three point shooting team. So, they're going to really have to to do some some other things to they're not going to expense they're not going to coast through this NBA playoffs it is not going to happen and Le- lebron has not fixed his free throw shooting inconsistencies uh we were enamored by the the ink on the paper and, and what what they looked like on paper uh, i'm not convinced not and i'm not saying that because of this game tonight uh, i once i actually thought about it and saw it on the floor i'm like hey Uh, they're not the best three-point shooting team. They're not necessarily better from top to bottom from three, and that's going to cause them problems. And I I do see that causing them problems. So it's not going to do them any favors getting off to a slow start this year. Maybe we're wrong, but it's going to be interesting to monitor these first 10 games of the year. It doesn't get easier on Christmas Day when they take on a Dallas Mavericks team led by a future MVP hopeful Luka Doncic.
1: Yeah, uh it's just a little awkward. I mean, even coming up, it's not like they have any bad three-point shooters necessarily. Right. They just don't have any specialists. I mean, they lose Danny Green, they replace him with Wesley Matthews. I mean, okay, he is a shooter. Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso, I guess, can hit a few of them as well. It's just, yeah, when you look at it, when you look at the court, when you see the product on the court, you're like, wait a second. Uh, I feel like something's missing here. But, I mean, they're going to be hard to match up with in, in any case. I mean, going down low, I think even though the Clippers are probably going to win tonight's matchup, they still didn't address the problem of who's going to guard Anthony Davis. In fact, I think it got worse. Serge Ibaka was on him for one possession, and he blew right past him and dunked. So, And then even looking forward, I mean, the you got Nurkic and you got uh, Jokic. Those are all guys that are going to be eating down below because Zubac is – the last season, he's not able to carve these guys in the playoffs, and I don't think Ibaka is either.
0: Uh, like I said, I'm worried Anthony Davis's health. He hasn't shown anything right now, but he's never stayed healthy really an entire season. I mean, he's had moments, but I don't I don't trust that completely until it's shown to me consistently. So it's just going to be have to have be something to watch because if Anthony Davis misses some playoff time, it's going to be tough for the Lakers, in my opinion. Uh, so we'll see how it shapes up. Like I said, the West is not getting worse. They are, if anything, getting better, in my opinion. So we'll see how it shapes up. So it's going to be an exciting season, Spence. And, and most of the games get underway tomorrow. And let's talk about a few of those. Uh, do you want to start it off, Spence, with a game that you'll be kind of watching tomorrow, and we'll talk about a little bit?
1: Yeah. So uh, James Harden starts with plays again against his old team, the OKC Thunder. We know about the playoff kind of rivalry they have going now, but everyone's eyes are going to be on James Harden because we all know about the trade rumors going on and we've and they've also you know plenty of things I think he threw the ball at somebody in practice the guy's not locked into playing playoff basketball or I guess all-in basketball franchise basketball for uh, this Rockets team and I don't know he's just he doesn't seem like a very professional guy and I think that really hurts him because who wants to trade for somebody who is childish who instead of being at training camp is partying with little baby uh, little baby, excuse me, uh, with his mask off and everything like that. It's just I don't like to see it, and I think if he could just get his act together, this trade's going to happen a lot faster, which is obviously what he wants. But if he goes out there and starts acting sluggish, he's just chucking up balls, not playing team basketball. Because the Rockets seem to actually have a pretty decent uh, roster this year, and if they made the right trades you know, all of Ben Simmons. I mean, I think they would have a better chance of making the playoffs than the warriors do, but none of that's going to happen. If this guy's moping around on the court.
0: Spence, it looks to me like the front runner has got to be the Sixers. I think Brooklyn is very comfortable with what they have. They don't need a James Harden to do what they want to do this season. I think the Sixers may be at the top of the list for that conversation. Uh, and I think the, the Sixers are going to find out what they feel like after a, for a couple games. It's not going to take a ton of games in this shortened season, Spence, to see what teams are like. But, I mean, I like I do like Embiid and Simmons together. I know some people don't agree with that. They certainly flourished when they had J.J. Redick as uh, as their shooter. I, I know that they've added a couple guys I can't think off the top of my head that can shoot it a little bit. I like the Doc Rivers coaching edition. We'll have to see how it shapes up. I mean, of course, these guys got to stay healthy. I'd like, I'd like to see Simmons attempt at least two or three threes a game just to see. I mean, his his stroke has never looked bad. He's just not he, – he's shy when it comes to shooting the basketball. So um, who do you team James Harden up with in the if he's a part of the Sixers, if you trade him with the Sixers? But you mentioned it, Spence. The guy doesn't seem locked in, dialed in. And for a first-year coach, Steven Silas, and a new GM – do you really want to carry this distraction going on? If he wants out of there, try to get the most value you can for him. He's already pretty much said that he's not going to resign or sign an extension. So get the most you can for him as early as you can. I think that's maybe the mindset of Steven Silas and the organization. It sucks because James Harden is one of the greatest scorers in, in the league. You hate to lose someone like that, especially once you have fans back. But with a new regime, uh, these guys are looking to kind of put their own stamp On the organization moving forward,
1: yeah, it's just you can't be too hasty because are the Rockets trying to win a championship this year? No, they're not. So technically, there is no rush one way or the other, and you don't want to give James Harden away for nothing. I, I mean, I don't think they're being offered nothing. I think the the teams that have surfaced that have been reaching out to them are the Nuggets. Uh, which I think would probably give them the best assets if Ben Simmons is really off the table, like Daryl's saying, uh, what was the other team? I wish I could remember now. Oh, right here. The Celtics Raptors and Nuggets are the three teams The Celtics probably need him the most. So I think they probably give the most desperate package, but at the same time, I don't really know what they can give up. They're not going to give up Tatum. Obviously they're not going to give it Jalen Brown. That's also off the table. So after, once you look past that, I don't know what they have to offer. The Nuggets have Gary Harris. That could be just a valuable asset alone and probably could buy into the new Rockets head coach type of system. I think he's trying to teach a little bit of tough basketball uh, with that team. So it's, it's, and then we don't even know. I mean, these are just reports. They could be talking to every team in the league. So I think the real trade contender could just come out of nowhere. We wake up one morning and we see that he got traded to Joe Schmo team in the Eastern Conference and that's it.
0: Yeah, Spencer, I think the Rockets, they're not going to just give them away for nothing. They're definitely going to try to get the maximum value they can. I I certainly believe that's going to be the case. But I I do see it happening maybe sooner than later. And it's just something we're going to have to follow each and every time. Let's see how the Rockets play in their first game. I think they, like you said, they kick off or tip off tomorrow against OKC, his former team. OKC certainly seems to be in a big rebuild Uh, Billy Donovan's moved on now the coach of the Bulls. So no Chris Paul for OKC. They've got Shea Gildress Alexander, young, talented guy, but no more Stephen Adams. So uh, not not very high expectations for Oklahoma City this year. So the Rockets will be a favorite, and we'll see how they play and see how Harden gets the rest of his teammates involved. I think a little bit of quarreling and fighting in practice is not necessarily a bad thing. We'll see how it shapes up on the court. I'm interested to follow that. A couple, a couple other games. It's pretty much a full slate tomorrow, Spence, so we're not going to go over every game, but uh, Buck-Celtics is a nice matchup as Giannis has signed his extension. Uh, the Celtics under Brad Stevens, Jason Tatum signed an extension. So we'll see. The Celtics, a handful of teams, thought had a chance to get to the finals for Eastern Conference last year. They couldn't quite get over the hump. Uh, a lot of people are still maybe high on them. They've got some young, young talented guys. But what do you think the Celtics may be missing, Spence, to get over the hump in the Eastern Conference? Why uh, can't they seem to find themselves their in the finals uh, and they haven't under Brad Stevens?
1: No, that's a great question. I mean, is there really one addition that you say that they can't? I mean, what else do they possibly need to uh, get them in the finals? Maybe not in the Western Conference, which is, we know how talented it is. I don't, yeah, I mean, I think they're probably around the same level as the Nuggets, but I can't really say that in reality because the Nuggets would make the finals in the East Coast if they were over there. Yeah, There's no reason. I mean, this is a big season for the Celtics. I think it gets, I think it's flying under the radar. Brad Stevens has been there for a while. Everyone seems to love him. But why couldn't Boston have made the finals last year? They shouldn't have lost to that Heat team. They're much more talented. And I on the same side, I mean, Mike Butenholzer they for sure should not have lost to the Heat either. I mean, that was really fluky that for both teams to be doing that. I think, honestly, Brad Stevens has a little more pressure than people might think going into the season. they got to make the finals this year. There's no way they shouldn't. I think they're the most talented team in the East. I think they have a pretty complete roster. Defensively, they're sound. You have your guy in Jason Tatum. Now it's going to come down to him because we've seen he has had a bunch of stinkers when it comes to the playoffs, like these 0 for 12 games, these 0 for 14 games. He's not a player who knows how to turn it off. He's going to go all the way all the time. But for the most part, they can't afford for him to do that. If LeBron James had an 0 for 14 game, I mean, I think LA would be on fire. Somehow his flies under the radar. It loses them playoff games. Going into year whatever now, this is probably year four or five for him he's got to show something because otherwise they ain't going nowhere. It starts with him and it ends with him.
0: And Spencer Celtics always seem to be in the conversation of, of, of trade rumors to yeah. try to get a little bit better to get over that hump. Um, you know, they like Tatum. Uh, you mentioned Brown possibly being off the table. Gordon Hayward's moved on. Uh, what pieces get moved around? Kimball Walker seems to be the guy in the conversation at this point. I, I mean, is it is it Kim is Kimba the the weak link there that's not getting the job done? You mentioned Tatum's uh, playoff performances. What what do you personally think they're missing? Is it just not clutch enough in those big games to finish them off? Because they have their moments, but they can't seem to to finish it off come playoff time.
1: Well, they put a lot of responsibility on Kemba Walker as he was only bad because he played for Charlotte. Kind of the same mentality that the Lakers had with Anthony Davis turns out the Lakers were right, and maybe the Celtics were wrong. Kemba Walker has just not looked very good. He has no playoff experience, so I think that could be part of it. I don't think they realized how important actually playing playoff games are. I'm not sure how many times he went to the playoffs with Charlotte, maybe once during all that time. Maybe the year they had Al Jefferson when he was still good. I think that might have been it. And We're talking about a bad Eastern Conference that has not been good for a long time. That eighth seed in the Eastern Conference has had no value for the past decade. And, uh, I mean, that's probably why they're in such strong talks with the um, the Rockets. I mean, maybe you have to sell Kemba Walker to the Rockets, and I just don't think that's easy to do. But if a trade's going to happen between the two, I mean, you're going to have to just be a salesman. Uh, just because of salaries and everything like that, he's going to have to go there. Plus, you don't want two point guards that are, like, all-star caliber players. So I don't know what the Celtics do. I don't – I mean – that's it. That's the only way they get out of this.
0: Speaking of teams that are desperate to, to get to the finals, the Milwaukee Bucks, Vince, They've had the regular season best record, I believe two or three years in a row and, and have not found their way into the finals. They had some bad luck in the bubble with Giannis getting hurt and some other injuries right in the middle of the playoff run that that really stunted them moving along. If Giannis can stay healthy the entire year, they've made some changes here and there. What, did, what do the Bucks need to do to, to make that step. And, and I think the Bucks not only are looking to get to the finals, but they want to win the thing.
1: Well, yeah. And uh, all of that, just like Tatum comes down to Giannis Attentacompo, who has also just not played well in the playoffs. This is what happens. Everyone in the regular season doesn't play as hard. They let him kind of do his dunking thing, his easy layups, the transition, those don't happen in the playoffs nearly as often. you got to earn a lot of buckets, and that means he's going to have to put his back to the basket, get some fadeaways. He's going to have to shoot more consistent for the perimeter. And every single year, I do not believe in the Bucks. I said, okay, Giannis, just show that to me, and I'll shut up forever, and you guys can go to the finals. But every single season, they cut off the lane from him. They force him to his left, tell him to shoot some uh, mid-range shots, some three-point shots, and he just hasn't been able to do it. Look, I don't think this is the worst team in the world. I mean, they traded for Drew Holiday. I think they gave up too much. Although I guess in the end they won because they got the uh, extension from Giannis and they even put in a trade kicker there. So he's probably not going anywhere no matter what happens. Uh, hopefully the sellout that they had produces something. Again, this is another team that has no reason not to make the finals every single year in the East. This is a team that would probably be around the four seed in the West, and that should for sure get you down all the way. Once again, the Heat were not that talented. The Bucks were a more talented team. Starts and ends with Giannis Antetokounmpo.
0: Spence, I got to qu- take a quick detour here as uh, Tequila Bravo jumps in. He's ready to talk some Steelers football, and uh, he thinks they still look good, even though they lost to a third-string quarterback and a two-win Bengals team. And he's ready to line up his week of hosting if they make the Super Bowl. Yes, Bravo, you will host the show for a week wherever you'd like if you want to do it on top of Madison Square Garden with uh, Tequila 1800 hanging from your uh, from your wrist. Uh, but the Steelers are what I've thought they were, at least it looks like, here the last three or four weeks. Um, and we'll get into football here in, in just a couple minutes. Bravo! So stick around, and uh, and we'll see if your Steelers can uh, can find their way back um, in the win column. They it doesn't get easier for them, and, and they don't look like they're getting better. They may be getting worse. So they're certainly ravaged by injury, but. Uh, Spence, we'll finish up our basketball talk. Uh, one more game to kind of look forward to tomorrow, a, a good one. The Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic, of course, to me, he was the man of the bubble playoff time. And and uh, towards the end there, it looks like he's the next big star in the NBA, possibly. I'm a big Devin Booker fan. I know you feel a little different. Uh, no Kristaps Porzingis in the beginning of the year for Dallas. I think it's tough because I think that combination of Doncic and uh, – Porzingis is really tough, so uh, we'll see how – but Luca can do it with the, without Porzingis. Luca can take over games. He makes everybody better. He's just really fun to watch. So this will be an exciting game. It'll be the late game tomorrow, and it'll be a good one on ESPN.
1: Yeah, totally agreed. But uh, the Mavericks just have one big issue, and that's just they don't have a complete roster. I'm going to go down here and just say a few names just to highlight that Dorian Finney-Smith, Dwight Powell, and James Johnson are their forwards for the team. That's all I need to know about them in terms of just projecting this entire season. They very well may make the playoffs when you have a guy like uh, Luka Doncic. But even when I go down their guards, you know, you have Luka. But then you look next, you got Josh Richardson. Okay, I mean, that's fine. Tim Hardaway, mm, that's decent enough. Jalen Brunson, I mean, he's a decent rookie from Villanova. Not rookie. uh, I think this is the second year now. Trey Burke. Uh, And then you have guys like Maxie Kleber, Willie Cauley-Stein. These are just not names that you want to call upon for big playoff games. So, I mean, if the Phoenix Suns don't finish above the Mavericks this season, I'm sorry, it's it's Devin Booker's fault. I think it comes down to that for sure, because he hasn't won over 24 games in his entire career until last season when they stole a bunch for that little play-in tournament. If they, and now they have Chris Paul, there's no more excuses for them not to be a 41 team. I'll just believe it when I see it.
0: Well, from Phoenix's perspective, or at least what I saw just in in some brief preseason action, Chris Paul is not the pass first guy that Ricky Rubio is. And I would personally like to see Devin Booker shooting the ball more than Chris Paul, even though Chris Paul can score the basketball a little bit. I think Devin Booker is the guy that's got to take the highest volume of shots, on that team. We'll see how they mix in together from the Mavericks perspective. I think Luca can do it all. Unfortunately for him, he battled some injuries down the stretch, missed some time. So that worries me a little bit. Um, and the way he plays, it's easy for him to get tangled up and get that ankle rolled on. So I'm hoping he stays healthy. Cause I really do think he's going to be the next big star in the league. He's so talented and uh, he's so exciting to watch. So I think that's going to be a really good game tomorrow. And I-, I would love to see the Mavericks full strength with Porzingis, and with Doncic, but I think Porzingis may miss a little bit of time here. Uh, we'll have to investigate that a little more, Spence, if it's a month or two months, uh, but I know he's going to miss a, a decent amount of time, but hopefully he'll be back in the lineup, and if he is, I think Dallas can make some noise, so that'll be a good one tomorrow. Spence, we'll get into uh, some some NFL talk now when we'll re- review our Week 15 picks. Uh, I'm not going to go in order here because I want to start off with the two biggest Underdog games of the week, and let's start off with Monday Night Football's uh, crazy matchup in Bravo's Steelers. He's he's excited to get on the Steelers train, but uh, that train has got off the tracks very quickly, as I predicted for weeks, many many weeks. They've now lost three straight. And this one has is, is got to be the worst of all, as I did say that they had a chance to lose to Cincinnati, but I thought it would be with Joe Burrow under quarterback. They did lose to Cincinnati, but it was with Ryan Finley under center. They got behind 17, nothing and they could not overcome that deficit. And Cincinnati gets the outright win as almost two touchdown, or it was two touchdown or more as it closed. Uh, and, and the Steelers spent, they're now in trouble of losing the division. And, and, uh, did anybody else call it as much as I did? I called it when they were 11-0 that they might not win the division. And now it looks like it's a very much a possibility as the Browns have to just beat the Jets and the Colts have to beat the Steelers. And then it's a Browns-Steelers showdown for the AFC North in Week 17.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's falling apart pretty quickly here. They haven't had a run game for weeks as well. I think they're missing James Conner, but still, they have under 50 rushing yards for three straight games going into it. I don't know if they got over that benchmark exactly on Monday night, but still, I mean, there are tons of spots where they just couldn't move the ball. And to lose to Ryan Finley, it kind of feels uh, like uh, Ryan Mallett a few years ago when they lost to him after they picked him up off the street and Baltimore beat them. So part of this is you can chalk it down to a division game. And we know how weird stuff like that happens, like the Raiders beating the Chiefs earlier this season. And there's probably a few other examples, you know, you just never know from week to week. Plus, you know, they have the TikToks where they're dancing on the Bengals logo. It's just going to fire you up because you see them two times a year and it just sucks to lose twice in a year to your divisional opponent. Uh, But then you can go back and look at the Redskins game. Well, I guess they do have the best secondary in the league, but they blew that game. I mean, they had their early 14 point lead. Now, looking top to bottom, they have a ton of injuries on the roster right now defensively, so that's going to be part of it, but we talked about it before the show. The real point of contention that you should worry about is Ben Roethlisberger. If you're a Steelers fan, he looks, I mean, I don't know if it's injuries or what, but his body is brittle. He's making some very poor decisions, even that last throw of the game on fourth down. I mean, he was way, way off, and it's not like the... Bankles have world beaters when it comes to pass rushers. I think they've gotten rid of some. They've lost other guys to injury. They got to figure it out. And it's going to start with Ben Roethlisberger. He had the great throw to Deontay Johnson, but that's not great after you just come off of three turnovers and he has had some really bad interceptions. They can get all the defensive guys back they want, but if he continues to play that way, they're not going to make it out of the second round of the playoffs.
0: Well, Spence, look, uh, Ben had to leave a game three weeks ago with an injury right before halftime. I think it was against the Cowboys, and we don't know that he's all of a sudden better from that. I mean, he's really banged up right now. Uh, I, I didn't think he was that great even when he wasn't banged up as far as at this point in his career. Look, I'm not saying the Steelers are the worst team ever. I, I just don't think they're they're good enough to beat anybody that's going to be in the playoffs in the AFC. I just really don't. They, they, they had a favorable schedule that helped them start off. They had some nice wins. Um, but it's falling apart now. And look, things don't always go your way in a football season. So injuries are hitting them at a bad time. Uh, Ben's not playing his best football at the best time. But if you are a Steelers fan, you at least gotta like you do have some weapons at the receiver position, and you're gonna have to lean on those guys to to make key plays and, and to really uh, pick up the slack because some of these some of these defense caught on to. to Pittsburgh, uh, what, what they want to do offensively. They want to get the ball out of Roethlisberger's hands quickly. These defenses keyed in on that, and they're going to have to mix it up a little bit. And it's going to be tough to do uh, without a running game, but they're going to have to find a way, and they're going to have to continue to run some of these jet sweeps, manufacture some rushing yards in other ways, because these defenses are picking up. that Ben wants to get the ball out of his hands quickly. They're playing up. Uh, the Bengals had great coverage on those, and they made some big-time plays early in that game and they did enough to hang on. And even when Pittsburgh had the ball in their possession to drive down the field to tie the game, the Bengals defense locked up and covered up those guys. And Ben could not get the ball out of his hands quickly and make the plays that they're used to. And it seemed like Cincinnati had a good game plan. So uh Pittsburgh's gonna they're in a lot of trouble. I, I don't foresee a team that they can really beat. Uh, one team I would say they could beat is is the Dolphins because the Dolphins are banged up with injury, but the Dolphins are the best team against the spread out of anybody this entire year. I think they're eleven and three, and I think they're very well coached. I know Mike Tomlin is uh, shouldn't get tons of heat, um, but I, I'm almost I'm pretty willing to say I'd rather have Brian Flores uh, coaching my playoff team than Mike Tomlin. And Mike Tomlin's won a Super Bowl. I know that's a big statement, but that's what I believe. I just don't th- think the Steelers were ever and have been very good the last few years. And I don't think it's going to happen for them this year. And look, Spence, I've, I, there's nobody that's talked about it more than me for 10 weeks. I'd be hard pressed to say it. And it's starting to come true now. Uh, could the Steelers go on a little bit of a run? It's possible. I just don't see it happening. They're Like I said, they're in jeopardy now of losing the division. They won't even be hosting a playoff game if they don't win this week against uh, the Colts possibly because – Look, the Browns are, are playing winning football right now. I, I'm not in love with the Browns either, but they're playing good ball right now. They're winning games, uh, and they're doing what they have to do. We know they have, the, they have a good running attack. I don't know that they can stop anybody defensively, but um, I, I just don't. I, I don't think Pittsburgh is in a position to beat anybody right now. They can't even beat Cincinnati. So, with that being... That with that being said, they they've uh, they, they've got to figure it out really quick because there's only two regular season games left, and there's only one team that's going to get a buy in the playoffs, and it looks like that's going to be the Chiefs. So the Steelers are going to have to pay, play right away. They're not going to get uh, they'd like to get healthier, but it's no guarantee that they get all these back guys back right away. So they've got to figure something out. Spence, the other huge upset this past weekend, the Jets. Uh, of course, this one crushed me, as I was very excited to talk about uh my jets watch as they were on track to go 0 and 16 and i was going to cash a ticket the biggest underdog of the entire season uh they pretty much led from start to finish and we've talked about the inconsistency of the los angeles rams and this is as bad a loss as it gets for the rams i mean how they figured out a way to get down so much to the jets is beyond me And, and how can you trust this team to win any games in the playoff when they can't beat a jets team that's won zero games all year not only that, in their own home stadium.
1: Uh, yeah, I I don't know. It's just so crazy to me that, uh, like, when they go into the game knowing that they have Trevor Lawrence, which is kind of their, I don't know, like, swan song, just like, this is going to be the future of our franchise. We'll probably get a lot of value out of Sam Darnold, who looks like, for sure, he is a, you know, He's he's an NFL quarterback, and we talked about how he might be pretty good on the Steelers. I still think that's a real possibility. And then you look at the Rams. I mean, I think two weeks ago we were talking about how serious we should be, or I I was. You, You weren't nearly as much on them as I was, but I was saying how seriously they should be taken in the playoffs. I mean, they were in the Super Bowl not that long ago, and... Oh, gosh. I don't know. How should you really feel about the Rams? I'm not ready to go full overboard. Weird games happen all the time. The Jets are super desperate. You know, we talk about tanking, but these players are all fighting for their jobs. A lot of them, you know, are probably fringe NFL guys at this point. And it's going to be hard to scout them and put them on different teams when they play this bad, because how can you shine on a defense and an offense that has looked so horrible this whole season? You know, so, so
0: I, I know Chris Wynn has the Rams as his dark horse. Well, they're so dark you can't see him because, uh, look, I, I, I was trying to give the Rams credit when they would have their inconsistencies, but I'm telling you right now, when you lose a game to a team that has not won as a 17-point favorite, that's not going to leave you. You're not going to go into the playoffs. And, and, look, a lot of it's Jared Goff. Jared Goff is not – he's not good. He's taking the regression like Carson Wentz a little bit. He can't move in the pocket. He's got plenty of talent uh, from the receiver position. He's got a good play caller. Uh, the Rams are gone in the first round of the playoffs. There's no way golf is going to have the confidence and they're going to, if they can't beat the Jets in their home field as 18 point favorites, they're not going to beat an NFC playoff team. And it's not going to be like the Cardinals. They're going to have to play a team. Uh, they're probably gonna have to play a team that's won their division, and even if it's an NFC East team, I think the Red the the Washington Football Team will beat them. Uh The Washington Football Team's de- look their defense is solid. They will they will be over on Jared Goff all day. Uh, it'll be a very low scoring game, and I think the Rams will be in trouble. The Rams, man, you can't lose to the Jets. I'm sorry you're an 18 point favorite it's it's unheard of and they didn't just get beat they got dominated for the most part and they had their opportunities i mean the refs weren't very good down the stretch they were awful but man this is just uh this is a terrible loss for the rams and it's going to stick with them i mean how do you if you're the rams how do you have confidence in a close game in the playoffs when you ju- when you've lost to the Jets and you can't overtake that comeback. It's just you just got to get in their psyche a little bit. They've got some talent, but they're just so inconsistent. We've seen we've seen it year in and year out. Uh they play close in division games and and then they'll they'll lose and or play close to the Giants and the Jets just awful. Uh Spence let's start from the beginning of the picks and we'll run down uh some of the recaps of these games. The the Panthers barely got the cover. This was a Saturday game. Uh they were down fairly early to the green Bay Packers. They came back late. They had a possession to go down the field, uh, late in the game, but they couldn't get the job done. And and the Packers uh, put themselves in prime position to have the one seed in the NFC. So they, they're going to come off of uh, a little bit of a rest after having that early game. And, uh, the Panthers were competitive early in the season, but they've battled some injuries and and it's just not been good for them over the past month for Carolina.
1: Yeah. That hook, I, I, we talked about it on Tuesday or, uh, Yeah, we talked about it on Thursday's show, and it just came true. It's so hard to cover eight and a half against a team that's as competitive as they are, and you know they're going to fight to the very end, and that just helps you get that extra field goal, an extra touchdown. You know, garbage time is is a bit of a blessing, and that's what came up here. But to talk about the Packers, I mean, as as strange as they've looked in certain spots, especially that Jaguars game, they might be the most consistent NFC team. Because even this week, we saw a Seattle team just not look great against a Dwayne Haskins led Washington football team and the Packers look like they're playing good football like really at the end of the season which is you know what you want to see going into the playoffs I like the Packers they're probably my favorites to be in the Super Bowl as of right now although I still think it's going to be Seattle and I just don't know why
0: well Russell Wilson man he's the x-factor Spence this next game got me I, I should have took your advice Spence you were all over the the bills and and on a teaser, and I've liked the Bills so much, I don't know why I got sucked in, but I'll never get sucked into the Broncos again. They, they're they up there with the Jets, and these other teams is one of the worst teams in the league. I mean, I don't even know how they've gotten these wins, because you want to talk about trash quarterbacks. Drew Locke is terrible. He will never st- – if he starts a game for the Broncos again next year, everybody should be fired. Elway, Banjo, all of them. Drew Locke is awful. The Broncos were disgusting on Saturday. I mean, they got their ass kicked up and down the field. Their offense is terrible. And you have a bunch of jackasses that can't even, you can't even get your quarterbacks to suit up for a full game in the middle of the season. Why would I ever trust a damn Broncos team that can't even get a quarterback on the field four weeks ago? Clearly they're on discipline. They're a bunch of clowns. They can't, you don't know what you're going to get from week to week. I say it every week. Do we not talk every week how inconsistent the Broncos are? They're just somebody you can never trust. So you, here's my advice. Never fucking bet a Broncos game. They're that they're that terrible. And, and it's just disgusting because I had a lot of good tickets and I teased the Broncos really high on a super teaser. It did not matter. The, the, the Bills sliced through them like Swiss cheese. And, and the Bills, look, we've talked about it. They, they may be representing the AFC in the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I they have a legitimate shot. I don't know if they will. It, it's just a lot of a leap to ask from going from the first round to the Super Bowl. It's certainly possible. But yeah, I, I said uh the Broncos played well last week. So what are they gonna do? and they're gonna be horrible this You're week. Right. And that's what they were. Which <laughs> it's, uh, it's just you can it's almost like a clock, although really with that logic, they should be eight and eight. But they've they played a few good teams this year that you just knew they weren't gonna beat no matter what. Uh, the Bills, once again, man, off that bye week, they are hot. So they are getting momentum at the perfect time. Not that they've been even bad this season at all, but now they're playing their best football, which is really cool to see. I'm rooting for the Bills. I mean, we know yeah. that they've lost three Super Bowls in a row or whatever, so it probably hurts to be a Bills fan. It's got to be great to watch them right now, doing seeing what they're doing on the field.
0: No doubt, and, and they'll be for sure at least hosting a playoff game. I know there won't be fans there, which is unfortunate, but uh, Bill's Mafia will be very excited about that. Yeah, Chris wins on to something. Denver definitely needs to find a quarterback because Drew Locke's not it. Uh, next game, the Colts, divisional matchup against the Texans, and this hook got us here, Spence. Uh, but the Colts get another win, and I, I think if the Colts were a little more healthy, uh, they may be a little more dangerous. Look, uh, Go, Gomez is a Colts fan. He's chiming in here. I was not personally high on the Colts early in the year because of Philip Rivers. I didn't think – I think – I thought Phillip Rivers was the weakest link. But, look, me and Spencer have talked about this Colts offensive line for weeks, and they are the heart and soul of that team. Phillip Rivers is one of the least sacked quarterbacks in the league, which is a miracle because he can't move. But that, that goes to show you the credit that that offensive line deserves. Uh, Matt Eberflus, the offensive coordinator, head coach, Frank Reich. They they are doing a fantastic job, and they're able to run the football. Uh, you've got Costanzo. You've got um, Quentin Nelson, the, the all-pro guard. They've got some solid guys on that offensive line. They're keeping Rivers healthy, and, and Rivers doesn't have to do too much. So when you can mix up that run and pass, and if you get Darius Leonard to stay healthy on defense, look, the Colts are continuing to win games. Uh, I think they split – the series against Tennessee this year. So it's going to be, I'm sure they want, of course they want to win that division and host a playoff game, but it seems like it's going to come down to the end with the Colts in Tennessee uh, to win that division. But um, look, the offensive line is the heartbeat of that Colts team. And as long as you have an offensive line like that, you have a chance to win. I I think the Colts, what they want to do, of course, is they want to control the clock and the time of possession. They want to try to keep where they want to wear teams down with that offensive line in that running game. And if they can mix it up with Taylor and Himes and their other running backs, and then mix in that play action and utilize those tight ends, they want to, they want to control the clock because they want to pound defenses with that offensive line. Um, Chris, I don't know that the Colts' defense is top-notch. Uh, they are good when they're healthy. They're certainly better than the Browns and some of these other defenses. Um, but if they want to slow down a Chiefs, a Ravens, a Buffalo, uh, I think they want to control the clock. They really want to dominate the line of scrimmage, which every team wants to do. But the Colts can do that because their offensive is that good. So, look, they, they probably should pound a Houston team that doesn't have a lot to play for. Uh, but those division games are always close. They found a way to win. Uh, they did pound the Raiders a week before that. So they've got to keep winning games. That's what the Colts need to do. That's what they want to do. And even though Phillip Rivers isn't, uh, you don't feel the greatest about him leading you into the playoffs. you got to like his veteran leadership. He's certainly tough. He's certainly uh, fiery. He He will have a team focused. And I think he is a guy that will help elevate the play of his teammates. But it's that offensive line, man. If if you can limit the turnovers and you can control the line of scrimmage, the Colts can play with anybody.
1: Spence? Yeah. Well, I've been a big fan of the Colts, you know, for the entire season. Uh, I bet on them very early. Hurt hurt my feelings a little bit when they lost to the Jaguars week one. Still, yeah. it's an divisional game. It's week one. Lots of weird stuff happens. Really betting the first week of football is one of the hardest things to do. But – uh, yeah, I mean, they, they went out to a really early lead against Houston and yeah, they just it's a divisional opponent. They know him very well. They're going to score a few points. Anytime you have Deshaun Watson as your quarterback, you're going to just have a chance to be in any game, any given game. Uh, so the hook did kill us here. But looking forward, I mean, the Colts were my pick to win that division. Uh, but the Titans, man, they just Mike Vrabel is such a consistent coach and they've had a few ugly games. And we'll talk about them in just a second. Uh, but he's able to just keep them on track. And the Colts are just right there behind him, though. They flip-flop their games in the regular season. I would love to see them somehow play each other in the playoffs. I think that would be one of the most interesting playoff ma- uh, matchups, you know, in football going going into it. Because, I don't know, I don't see a lot of close games in the first few rounds of the playoffs. I just, I, The Chiefs, I just feel like, can just blow anybody who's in a wild-card spot now. Uh, but I like this Colts team. I think Philip Rivers is just an okay quarterback, and Jacoby Brisket was not one. I think they could have been the exact same spot last year, but this year they got a guy who's just okay. They'll look to replace him as soon as they can, but for now they're going to roll with him, and they'll be okay with that for the time being.
0: Well, Spence, you want to talk about a team, and you mentioned them, that knows their identity, knows what they want to do. Uh, that's the Tennessee Titans. They blasted the Detroit Lions. It was close early, but This is a team that knows what they want to do, and I think they're built for playoff football. They showed it last year as they made a deep run, and they had a lead on the Chiefs in the AFC title game in the first half. This is a team that wants to run the ball and run the ball even more, and then they want to utilize Tannehill and play action. And they've got some talent on the outside with A.J. Brown and and the tight ends and receivers. But, look, this is a team that's well-coached, and they they, they know what they're going to do. They are going to pound you running the football. Derrick Henry is going to be a load to bring down and come playoff time. Uh, they, they want to be the more physical team. They, their defense can play well at times, uh, but they're going to run the ball and they're going to use Tannehill in the play action. And And you want to talk about a team that's getting hot at the right time. The Titans are starting to pull away in some of these games and uh, the Titans are going to be a handful come playoff time. Uh, like I said, it's neck and neck with Tennessee and Indianapolis for this division. Um, but, but Tennessee, they pro they proved last year come playoff time, what they're capable of doing, Spence.
1: No, I, I mean, eventually we're going to have to start having a discussion about Derrick Henry just in terms of the mountain of all-time great running backs. How many 150-yard, two-touchdown weeks is going to have before we start saying that this guy can run with any of them? But Ryan Tannehill as well, three touchdowns, passing, two rushing. This guy is willing to do anything they're probably the hungriest team looking to play the chiefs come playoff time. And I don't think that's a matchup the chiefs want because if they're able to control the clock, keep that chiefs defense on the field, that's just not as good as it was last year, quite frankly, and overall not impressive to watch from week to week, they have a much better chance this season. I think there was a little bit of uh, timidness to their game uh, in the playoffs last year, but now they have the full confidence that they think they can win the Super Bowl. And when you have that kind of mentality, they are just one of the toughest teams. And plus they have a decent enough defense. It's not the greatest, but I think they could stay in with just about any team. I don't think there's any explosive offenses in the AFC outside of the Chiefs. Because I'm looking at, I mean, you got like the Steelers, the Ravens maybe, but I'm, I think they can be stopped for sure. And we know the Titans can beat them, obviously. And you start going down that list it's a, and you start putting them next to next with those teams, it gets a little difficult to pick a, away from them.
0: Well, the Chiefs have proven over the last eight, nine games that they can't pull away from anybody. So they're they can be as much of a wild card as anyone. And I know everybody's in love with Mahomes and they're coming off a Super Bowl title, but just too many inexcusable games that they should be blowing teams out and and they can't finish the deal. So it's gonna it's not gonna get easier come playoff time. Spence, let's uh go down the next list of games and we'll go kind of quickly on those. We talked about the Jets. Uh Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, they they were down pretty big in this game and found a way to come back. That's kind of been a staple of the Tampa Bay, or not the Tampa Bay Bucks, but Tom Brady more consistently. But the Atlanta Falcons, they've collapsed. Big leads, time in and timeout. This is nothing new for them. Uh you've got to be embarrassed if you're if you're the Atlanta Falcons, if you're a fan of theirs. Just another um, another huge bloom lead. They should have won that game. We didn't get the cover here, but Tampa Bay, finding ways to win, and they're going to look to do that come playoff time as well. Uh, The next one, I I was definitely on the wrong side, and and Mm. Spence as well, but uh, the Dolphins, they keep winning games and keep covering, and the Patriots season, of course, is over now. We'll see what they do come this offseason, but the Dolphins, uh, they've covered more games than anybody against the spread. They seem to be an extremely well-coached team. Brian Flores is certainly in that conversation for coach of the year, and, and the Dolphins have a very, very high probability of being in the playoffs this year.
1: The Seahawks, yeah, Seahawks going to the Raiders next week.
0: Yeah, that, that game will be here at Allegiant Stadium here in Las Vegas, Dolphins and Raiders. Spence, the Seahawks, we talked about them taking on the Washington football team. Not super impressive. Uh, Dwayne Haskins got the start. They probably should have blown out Washington in that match. But Washington's defense is going to keep them in most games. They're that talented. Uh, but news has come down here in the last 24 hours. Dwayne Haskins after the game on Sunday. Uh, made his way to the strip club and was caught without a mask. Uh Man, if, if his future wasn't any more dark, it's got to be a lot darker now after this just uh, really not a smart decision by a young guy and was already not in the good graces of head coach Ron Rivera and now putting your team at risk even more. Uh, not good news for the Dwayne Haskins camp.
1: No, certainly not. It, it's unbelievable. Uh, how a guy doesn't even have a great performance. He has two interceptions. He throws 55 times. I think he only has 230 passing yards. It's inexcusable. This guy doesn't really care about football. He cares probably more about the fame. That's what we all thought going into the game. It seemed to prove it on the field. And then you project that to after the game, and it just looks worse. What are you going to do?
0: Spence, let's go to the uh, next round of games. There, the Chicago Bears—they uh, got the win. I called uh, the uh, the upset win. Trubisky getting it going for the Bears. They're they're now p- trying to position themselves for the playoffs. Give your thoughts real quick on the Bears. Nice win. They ran the ball at will against the Vikings, and uh, Trubisky gets another win.
1: Let's see him beat a playoff team. Trubisky still stinks. I don't care what you say.
0: All right. Well, you know you know that uh, I'm on the opposite side. I'm still a Trubisky backer. Uh, how we ended up with the Jags here, but the Jags now are in prime position to draft Trevor Lawrence. After wow. the Jets gave that away, they got uh, destroyed in their matchup, uh, and they probably, they're not probably, they for sure will not win another game this year. Spence, you were on the Browns. Uh, I'm not much of back in the Browns, but they've shown this year that they're going to be competitive. And uh, of course, we've got to give Baker credit, give the running game credit to get the win and the cover. It wasn't super impressive, but they got the job done.
1: No, for sure. Uh, Baker's just, he found his role. I think he tried doing too much in the beginning of his career. And I've talked about how the uh, Giants are kind of declining. In- when you have Jones, who just, yeah, I know I cut out for a second there, but when you have Jones, just he's coming off injury. its It's just really bad timing for the Giants. It just kind of worked out that way for me.
0: Spence I'm not sure but I think we may have covered this Philly game I thought it ended uh, they lost by six I could be wrong we'll have to double check that Jalen Hurts uh, not not a bad performance but uh, a really important win for Arizona as they're trying to position themselves for the playoffs the Eagles are still in the conversation with two games left as Hurts looks like the guy that'll be taking over for the future let's go to the next round here Spence that we have Uh, the Chiefs we talked about them they they cannot cover a game. So I don't know what to make of that. And then the Cowboys, you were on the right side there. Uh, I thought the coaching matchup would be too much, but San Francisco just not enough offensively And Dallas. Look, everybody's fighting for that division now. So it's, 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 I wouldn't say it's anybody's division, but everybody's got a chance with two games left. So uh, the AF the NFC is starting to play better, but uh, that'll wrap it up for our Tuesday show. Look, me and special, the Wiz will be back same time, same channel on Christmas Eve. Uh, it'll be a pre recorded show, which will give you our picks for Christmas Day and then, of course, in week 16. So we'll be following the NBA on Christmas Day as well. I hope everybody enjoys their holiday. We'll be back on Christmas Eve. If you missed that part of the show, uh, Google, iTunes, Audio Boom, any of your broadcasting platforms, search Landry Football Conference called The rest Stop. I'll be under the, underneath there. Perspective Wiz on Brad the Believer. We'll be back on Thursday, 9 o'clock, The rest Stop. Have a great night, everyone.